and welcome to another Farm Fresh edition of WNK, the weekly AW News Kick. I'm joined as always by Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Yeah, morning. And Heath Slater's got kids, and he may just be one of them. Our sound engineer, Jack Griffin. Good evening, boys. <laughs> How's it going? How's your week been? Wrestling wise or in general? <laughs> I mean, you do have lives outside of wrestling, correct? <laughs> No, I'm good so far, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah, Enjoy. no, I'm not too bad. Just been chilling. There's not much we can do with lockdown. So I've just been wasting any sort of thing I could be doing by just watching YouTube and binge-watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine at the moment. Ah, it's a shitter, isn't it? Not Brooklyn Nine-Nine very in the good, lockdown. Very good season, so, right? Very season good show, yeah. Oh, coming off the back of last week, Patrick, uh, you wrote me into a sensitive discussion about Take Onti, so I've written up a list of things you're no longer allowed to talk about until future notice. Are you ready to hear them? Why? <laughs> <laughs> just for banter. Okay, then just go for it. I'll do it Number anyway. one, Marty Skull. Number two, okay. Brandy Rhodes' okay, racial okay. identity. <laughs> it was actually a topic you and I talked about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Chris Benoit's WWE Hall of Fame eligibility. What? <laughs> Number four, world events between 1939 and 1945. <laughs> <laughs> and number five, well. any part of Tay Conti below the neck. So if she has a match where she just headbutting, then you're golden. You're the guy to come to. Okay, so <laughs> I just say she's maybe maybe she does a th oh no thumb wrestling matches also still uh, it's below the net unless she holds unless they like you know they lock up with their hands up in the air and yeah, then bring them right, down like right. for the first part of that oh you can talk God. about it <laughs> and if you break it I'll uh, okay. I'll get a buzzer sound but we're low budgets until then I'll just make am, a really high pitched annoying to sound Matty's girl Matty's girl <laughs> that's the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the annoying sound you can you can look Am forward I to. Am I at least allowed to wear <laughs> the villain's merchandise? <laughs> I mean, you do what you want in your own time, Patrick. I believe Jack's got that shirt. No, as well, I mean, like so. here in our nice, because we have a video chat also open at the same time. So. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, let's get started. I'm not going to hold on to because I'm onto wrestling matters I'll now. Uh, <laughs> now Patrick's been reprimanded. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. You know that, right? Um, I am still going to make that sound if you mention any of those things, though. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so, so let's come to... Well, it makes sense to go in chronological order. We will talk about all the other matches from Hard to Kill later on, but we'll start with that main event from Hard to Kill. Did everybody watch it? I did, yeah. yeah. Quality See, match, wasn't it? it? It was. I thought he could have gone on for longer, um, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I thought... I really enjoyed watching... Um, Actually, the, the opponents, because obviously I'm familiar with Kenny and the Good Brothers, but I actually enjoyed watching um, Moose, Rich Swan, and uh, Chris Saban uh, a lot more because I'm not too familiar with them. And, boy, that Moose is a, is just a absolute unit. I was, I was just uh, saying Moose is the real deal. I, I When I was watching that, I was literally thinking, what's Jack going to think of Moose? Because like, I've, I've followed Moose since Ring of Honor, Um I was really big on him during during Jay Briscoe's title reign was when I got really into Ring of Honor uh, and I remember seeing Moose there and it boggles my mind that no one at WWE has kind of tried to snap him up yet because he is he is a Vince McMahon wet dream isn't he? He's even got the Definitely. football experience also, that Vince looks for. Right, right, and also he would be perfect tech team uh, uh, tech team with Titus O'Neil because they have the same size and everything. <laughs> 
because they're both big, bold perfect. black guys. I've got to write another thing for yeah, Patrick not to talk about. Have, no, because the same size and everything, you know, this would be should perfect. We, should we throw Apollo Crews in there as well? No, Apollo Crews is smaller, that's the thing. Oh, dear me. Um, okay. Well, yeah, no. Uh, why don't I go, seeing as Jack's the the one who's new to these, what did you, uh, you already said what you thought of Moose, what did you make of Impact World Champion Rich Swan? In fact, first off, I will just explain, because I realised I'd have to provide context for a few of what's going on on Impact. Rich Swan is the Impact World Champion, because it used to be TNA, the show, then it turned to Impact, and they made the new Impact World Championship. Moose is carrying around, you will have noticed, the TNA World Championship, but that's sort of like Brian Cage carrying around the the FTW title. It's like not an official title. He's just kind of carrying it around, calling himself the world champ. But it did uh, it did make me laugh that Chris Saban was just sat there, like odd one out, the only one not wearing a belt when everyone else was, was facing off. Um, we've already, you know, said what you think about Moose. What about, what did you make of the world champion Rich One, Jack? Yeah, so so again, this was the, actually the first time I'd seen him fight. Um, I, I was impressed. I thought he I thought he looked like a good world champ. He he just looked like world champ quality. Um, when when you compare him to Kenny, obviously you can tell that Kenny's got the more prestigious title on him. But like when you listen to to the commentary as well, alongside it, obviously it's a very impact bias commentary team. Um, obviously when you've got a guy coming over for AEW, obviously they mentioned that and how big deal it is. But I like the way that they're really proud of Rich Swan being a champion. And I think he really did. Um, he didn't look out of place in that match. It didn't look like, oh, we've got Kenny, who's like the, the GOAT, pretty much the greatest of all time, um, or at least arguably the greatest at the moment. And obviously, Good Brothers, just sensational. Um, but but yeah, but he, I feel, I thought Rich, yeah, Rich Swan looked like a legit champ. I thought he looked really good. I'd like to see him cross over for potential AEW matchups um, in the future. I think that'd be really good. And yeah, and I, I, feel, I felt a bit sorry for Chris Saban because obviously the original match was Rich Swan and the Motorcycle Machine Gun, so it would have made more sense. Alex, Alex Shelley got injured, but I yeah. did love the promo, how they kind of, it added to the drama of it, and that's what good wrestling companies do. And I thought Rich Swan worked really well with Chris Saban as well, as this kind of stand-in for Alex Shelley. Um yeah, before we move on, good match for you, Patrick. First of all, we're allowed to say Rich Swan, but not Muddy Skrull. Strange. What did but Rich Swan do? It was a great match for me. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did Rich Swan do? I didn't hear about this. Don't you know the story? Oh, also, you said Muddy Skrull. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go on. No, did, didn't you hear the story why he got kicked out of, of 205 Live or WWE in general? I, 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 so I vaguely remember because there being he something. He shit out of his girlfriend and got arrested for it. That was it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. I think, I think, I think, uh, to be well, honest, so rightly, it was rightly like or wrongly. He shit out of it, so. Yeah, it was allegedly. So. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know. He was, uh, it was investigated by the police, but I didn't follow it. Like, to be honest, I'm not following these things. And I'm like, ah, shit, they should get their shit together. And it seems they have, uh, they have gotten their shit together. He did, so. If that's fine, then you can then I can watch him wrestling. He's a good wrestler. Any... I mean, right, rightly or wrongly, um, rightly or wrongly, sexual stuff is treated differently in I think wrestling and the wider world in general. I mean, Steve Austin is one of the you know most revered champs of all time, and he was you know 
pretty much openly beaten the crap out of his wife for years. So, like, wild champion, and, like, nobody gave a shit. So it's, it's not right, but, you know, that's how, it, how the cookie crumbles. Um, On to the match, though. What did you make of that? Yeah, like Jack also said before, very good. Yeah, I liked uh, uh, that it was hard-hitting, definitely. There was a little NJPW note style in it. Uh, also, Kenny was very very hard but also he got some really hard like one one close line from uh, moose was <laughs> extremely hard he did a complete uh, uh, backflip then uh, it was it looked really oh yeah hard. i remember that i remember the spot oh, you're talking about it was fantastic yeah and also uh the oh, how's it called the the moonsault from double moonsault like you're doing the moonsault yes. you're holding on it it's for him it's a summer oh the um spanish fly spanish fly spanish fly yeah spanish fly with a guy like clean the statue of moose that was that was great really uh yeah that that there were really nice nice uh things shown like also it it was a close match definitely you couldn't see who would win i, I mean i knew who would win yeah you, you could <laughs> the, but you couldn't but, no but there were times there was i i i no, it wasn't. You're right. And I do remember like one specific instant where I was like, he could win this. Like, you know, where where he went for the pin and like, not, do you know, not when you actually believe it's going to happen, but when you're like, eh, maybe, do you know, like that little inkling, I, I, it did come in and they were really good with that. Yeah. And they were really good respecting the impact wrestlers as, as legit guys as well, not just squashing them a bit. Yeah, that, that, that's actually the thing, or that's definitely the thing what I meant or what I mean with it, that it, it there were some ones you're like, Hmm. They could actually win that, and I liked also yeah. the win in the end was clean. It was not cheated from the yeah, colors or so. Exactly. That that was also very good. Like you said, it's very uh, respectful for the Impact guys. Then, um, yeah, that was a great match. I know also Moose for a longer time. I've seen him. I'm I'm like honored of watching sometimes Impact or so when they rebranded it from TNA to Impact. They got a lot of free stuff on YouTube. I watched always along a little bit on it. This is also where I know Penta from. Um, saw that of course the Matt Hardy stuff during that era where they were transitioning from TNA just to Impact Wrestling. Um, Chris Saban, legend in the indie scene oh, in, in yeah, TNA. And Alex Shelley, legend too. But... Yeah, I was I was I watching mean, I... a lot of TNA back in two thousand five, six, seven, eight, so around that time. That's exactly because when I watched it... about two thousand six. Yeah. That was like to be honest, like, in retrospective, that was almost like they they had the potential to be better than WWE back then because they. Had I think that was some of the best wrestling I've ever seen. Event. Yeah, definitely. They had AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels. Abyss, when Kurt Angle came in around then. Yeah, right. And Christian uh, Cage. Christian Cage came over there. Kurt, yeah, Kurt Angle. You said Kurt Angle is came there um i don't know these are just the ones blow to my mind when you see but when you see the roster from back then and you see where they are now then you're like wow that had do you remember a lot bound of for glory do you remember bound for glory from like 2000 i think it would have been 2006 uh they had the six sides to steel match with aj styles and christopher daniels against lax um i think yeah. christopher daniels taking oh, yeah, a fork LAX in the head and yeah, yeah, and then Conan was on the yeah. outside choking one of them out with, I think, choking AJ out maybe with a coat hanger or something. It was That was the uh, Detroit street fight or something between Rhino and yeah. Christian Cage as well, which is obviously a big blow-off from the oh, WWE. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's good st- and he was yeah. in his prime then as well. And that, that, was, yeah. that, was, also, that was also the... Sting, I'm, I'm sorry, getting so excited. Sting. I'm, also, yeah, I'm, Sting was back there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slapping the table. I'm so excited. That was the um, first... I believe the first Kurt Angle Samoa Joe match as well. Uh, after yeah. kind of Kurt showed up, and then they had that kind of iconic moment where he showed up on 
in the impact zone and one of them headbutted the other. I can't remember which. I think Kurt, Kurt headbutted Samoa Joe, confronted him, headbutted Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe goes down and then he just pops up behind him with like blood streaming down his face and it's just like it was one of the the iconic moments in in uh, tna for me and yeah i miss it i miss those days but let's get on to yep, the show we're you. here to talk about and that's aw dynamite we started the show uh with dark order against chaos project and th2 I just had a nice long uh, riff with Patrick about the glory days of TNA, so I'll come to Jack first. What do we make of Negative One's birthday celebration and the ensuing match? I literally don't even know where to start with this one. Um, let me break it down, because there was things I loved and things I hated. Which should I, which should I start with? Which do you reckon, love or hate? We're, we're all about the love, so let's go with what you loved about the match. What I loved about the match, okay. The relationship between Hangman, John Silver and Alex Reynolds in the ring is just incredible they work so well and jump in the gun but the end the finish to that match was just unbelievable where hangman comes over with a buckshot lariat and then was it john silver john silver comes over holds um so was it serpentico in position and then alex reynolds comes over and takes the pin and i just thought that transition for all three of them was just Beautiful for me to watch, and yeah, I just the dark, thought... the dark order recruitment specialists <coughs> are low key one of they're low key one of the best technical tag teams. Yeah. They give FTR yeah. a run for the money in terms of technical wrestling. Yeah. They Sorry. they just they work really well, and I I'm, I loved Hangman in that match specifically. I just thought he it was just watching it was so fluid, and yeah, so the match in general I enjoyed watching, um, and I and I'm really starting to enjoy watching TH2 as well. It's just a shame. Also, the match was Luther, and that's one of, one of the things I hated. Firstly, who decided... I'm shocked. <laughs> who decided to give that guy the mic? Because that was some of the cringe. I wrote stuff. down his... his, his <laughs> I, like, I'm sat here thinking, well, maybe he's better on the mic than he is in the <laughs> yeah. ring. And then he so gets on I, the mic, so and he's equally oh, as bad on the oh, mic as he is in the ring. Honestly. It's like... So, so for, for me, obviously, uh, the, the, whole, the whole thing was um, the beef between Luther and Negative One. So... Negative one can get away with saying that stuff on the mic, saying, you look stupid. Like, well, that's because it's funny because he's a kid. And, you know, he, like, for a kid, that's good promo skills. Luther then coming back at it, Luther's, like, brought down his, like, age on promos down to negative one's age. And that's just cringy to watch. Like, I think Luther counteracted um, negative one's, like, call him stupid just with the same shot saying, yeah, well, you look stupid. And I was just like, oh my God, am I actually watching this? And I was Great like, man. this. Yeah. And I was just like, this is this is awful. And it was such his a. His voice shame. is higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. Is, yeah. So it was like, much, but his voice is a higher pitch. And yeah. So so for me, in terms of, yeah, positives, the actual match itself, loved the chemistry between, um, yeah, Hangman and John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Um, and even, yeah, TH2 and Serpentico looked good. Hey, what a surprise, Luther. That guy should. Just, I'd, I'd I'd be interested to know how much AEW are paying him, or if he's just getting away with it for free, because they can't they can't be paying him anything because he doesn't deserve any sort of money for his <laughs> input on this show. That's me. I hope I hope we get a modicum of success and we can get him on one day. It'd be brilliant. Um, we'll come to Patrick now uh, without talking about what happened after the match because we'll talk about that in a minute. What did you make of the match? And I also want to pose you the question. Our dark order face now. I mean, after after the after that opening segment where you know they're getting the pops from the crowd and and obviously the heel team come out and they're cutting a promo. 
against a very established heel team, can you not now say that Dark Order are a face team? Did we talk about this last week? Maybe that they're. We did, and I was the only one that was. Yeah, I was right. the only one that maintained they are now face, and you guys were like, they're yeah. not. They're not quite there yet. But I. I think. I mean, I think I'm. I'm doubling down after this week's. This week's segment. Yeah, and that's that's a good point, definitely. Um, they actually came out of the face tunnel because the good guys come from the right. The bad that's guys a good from catch. Left, mostly, and yeah, that that was interesting when I saw it. I was like, okay. I read that also once online, that, that it's like this, and then I paid attention to it. Um, yeah, they, they were also clearly, because they had the boy with him, they had uh, Hangman with them, the, the, the uh, um, what was the other, the Chaos Project then, and TH2 coming out, they were clearly attacking them. Who were very like heel, you know. Yeah, very heelish, so that might be a good point. So to see how that develops in the future, we'll talk about later about the outcome of the match. But uh, completely agree with Jack. Uh, kudos for the gag. <laughs> that was perfect on point. I don't know what Luther is there for. He even botched for somehow. I don't know if the table was supposed to break with a cake on it where his face landed in. But it looked really weird. Like how yeah. he was landing in it. And I don't know. He, like, he didn't land in it properly. And then he, he just shoved his own face into it. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then he was hanging there like really cringy in the back, hanging there like, oh, like I, I, I saw it just in the back. It was just in the background. You looked weird like oh, this guy and he botched also some moves and that was really weird. Uh, but come to the good things. Uh, what I want to add to uh, Jack's points also is uh, I don't know which I was just thinking all the time what, what move this was. So Alex Reynolds was on the back of Hangman and and John Silver on the back of Alex Reynolds, and then they did, uh, it's not a back body drop, but just like they're dropping to the back with them, ma making these, this pile of of people dropping on uh, whoever was on the ground. That was, that was really good. So they had some comedy elements also in it, what I liked, and yeah, like Jack also said, like the finish was, or I don't know if you, Jack, but the finish was awesome. Like this combination, how they called again, uh, Silver and Reynolds, always doing plus the buckshot lariat that was so like smooth and in just one flow it was really good match AEW need a trios title yesterday don't they after seeing those three tied together um i'll add a couple of my points to it i for a while for a bit of the match so pentico was beating down john silver which and this is what i'm thinking about the other week when snoop Snoop Dogg pins Serpentico pretty much clean. It's like, this is the knock-on effect now. Now they can't have these matches where Serpentico is taking initiative because now it's like, oh, look, there's John Silver getting beat down by the guy who got pinned after a, a splash-slash-knee drop from Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Now it's hard for me to now it's hard for me to take Serpentico seriously, but I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks about the continuity with uh, these kind of just fun little crossover spots, but... Yeah, I've ri I've written down here. John Silver reminds me of Alan from The Hangover. Does anyone else see that? <laughs> like when he's like, he's like, oh, you're so great. It's like it's like how he's like obsessed with Phil in The Hangover. How Alan is. It's like that's that's. Um, I see you laughing, Jack. Do you? Uh, yeah, no, just cook. just the. It was the part when um obviously we'll get to the end, but just when he was talking to Hangman, he's like, he's like, you're just so good, and, and I love your hair. You're and, so like, great. Just doing a point. Like, you're so great. You're so <laughs> handsome. <laughs> Yeah, it just uh, reminds me of. Um, I'd like to see more of that, honestly. Like, like you know, him. Like, are you coming, Hangman? <laughs> like, are you coming, Phil? <laughs> like, like a sort of not ripping it off, but kind of just him, kind of like being weird and fanboying over, um, over Adam Anna. Page. Anna, 
Anna. Anna. Uh, Okay, and that brings us to the end of the match with the... I thought this was hilarious. How are they with... (laughs) We're expecting him to say yes, and then the the music starts playing, and the banners drop that said he said yes, and then like this marching and, and, band starts coming out. Yeah, and Clodge Dungeon, they they had the um people coming out of the tunnel, didn't they, with the cowboy hats on and stuff coming out to celebrate yeah. like dancers, and then Stu Grayson's just there like, no, no, go back, go back, no, no. Like, it was oh. sad because he didn't join, and it was brilliant at the same time. It was fantastic. But his Anything reason also for not joining, he said, is is was also completely uh, legit that he said I was once in a group and it didn't work out well. That's nice continuity. Answer. I like it. Yeah, yeah. really, that's a really good com- con- continuity and yeah, and also like <laughs> I think Will Hobbs was one of the guys in in the band. Like I think they used some wrestlers in the band because I saw a guy. Uh, yeah, he looked like Will Hobbs when yeah was, I know you talked about like, yeah. the, the two weeks or so uh, before he turned heel and joined the uh, powerhouse yeah right be- before he became because there was a black guy with white uh, jeans on it or like like stained jeans on it and it definitely looked like him completely from his body like he was built and everything I was like For okay sure. that's cool if they're using the talent that's not on TV right now um, just for this fun that was really cool yeah it was hilarious really um, I've got there was a Chris Jericho versus an MGF promo written down here, but I truthfully don't remember much about it. And obviously wasn't much for me to write down about it because all I wrote down is MGF is definitely trying to break up the inner circle, <laughs> which he is. Let's be real. Um, we'll skip through to Tony Schiavone uh, had a segment with Sting and Darby Allen. This was much needed for me, although it kind of didn't really, again, it just felt like the bare minimum. Let's come to Patrick who was nodding away. Yeah, that's that. Definitely, it had the right start, and he started talking, and they had an interaction, and then after two sentence, I think two sentences or so, they got interrupted, and they said, "Yeah, it, it was just, it was just really, really weird, and 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 not very awkward. well played out." Yeah, awkward. Yeah, awkward is also because they had the time. Uh, why not explaining? You don't need to explain. Just build up something. There's no build up except sitting there looking at each other and having the same face paint. So. I'm I'm little lost. So last night was the announcement that they're having the street fight on uh, Revolution, and it probably will be a cinematic match. But um, I like to have more build up. I don't know when Revolution is happening. I think middle or end of February again. Uh, there's still, of course, some time until then. But uh, it's, it, they should have just come out with a little more because Sting now is just an attraction for viewers, I guess. To announce that he's there instead of building something with him that people are really tuning in because they want to see Sting and the build-up that's coming next. So that's what I think of it. Well, yeah, if I can just go point by point on this. Uh, Tony Schiavone came out, introduced Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, I, as I say, I thought this was much needed, and I was relieved when this was happening that it just didn't pan out. They, uh, he asked Sting for some kind of clarification about what's been going on and Sting just said he sees a lot of himself in Derby and that was pretty much all he said and then Team Taz interrupted um, and it was they were very awkward and there was a very awkward silence after Taz talked where they, everyone was just staring at each other and no one seen it. it seemed like they were ad-libbing a lot of it and then everyone just started shouting take it to the streets like at least three of them said that and it was like including Darby Allen which didn't and no one actually announced a street fight everyone was just like oh yeah we'll take it to the streets you want to take it to the streets yeah okay we'll take it to the streets like it was like it was comical almost um Jack thoughts on this segment yeah um 
completely the same as what you guys already said. Um, what I wanted to add, though, just as a completely different point, is anyone else like so done with this feud now? Like I thought Brian Cage Derby match for TNT title was that, and it just feels like this feud again is dragging. It's the feud that on. never ends. Yeah, it's like what are they going to do after the street fight? They're going to have Will Hobson, Ricky Starks versus I don't know Derby and someone else. Like you know, it just, in a in a I don't know like blood and guts match again. Just it just seems this like is what I mean about how I just don't know when this. Yeah, match. I don't I don't know yeah. I don't know the key points in this match. I don't know the peaks. I don't. No, know it just it just feels like in the storyline they've got this group of people people and then they managed to do one match which like okay, it made sense, like the TNT title, like this felt like it was building up. And then you thought, okay, that's the end of that feud, Sting come out, we're going to get a little bit more clarity on that. And then when I heard Taz's voice again, I was like, not again. I was like, can we just like, we get it, Dub. But like, I, I wanted to see like a Derby, like TNT match of revolution. Like he's got that, he has had the belt since, um, yeah, full gear now, November. Um, and in fair, fair play, he's had one title defence, but it just seems like he's a TNT um, champ, but he's not really getting as many title defenses as he should. You know, it just feels like defending on the dynamite. Yeah, it's, it's especially it's, after Cody said our president defended every week. Yeah, exactly. It just feel, it just feels so. I and I was really hyped to see Darby as TNT champ, but I just feel a bit un, unsatisfied with it at the moment because you're not really seeing him actually like defend it often. That Brian Cage match was obviously good but it did have its faults. And now, okay, great, Revolution, we're going to get a street fight. But let's be honest, the main attraction for that fight and the reason you're going to get a lot of people who weren't originally going to pay for the match or or pay for the pay-per-view, but are now, is because Sting's in it. They're going to want to watch Sting. So again, and I mentioned it last week when we did our review, um, the attraction gets taken away from Derby and now was back on Sting. And it's like, you you've got Derby, a, a legit wrestler. Like he is an incredible wrestler, and every time he, got a he huge does pop when he came out, yeah, and every time he does something right, you just cast him in the back and bring Sting out and makes make it all about Sting again. And don't get me wrong, I'm loving having Sting there. It brings that star quality to AEW, makes it seem legit. But like, give Derby his credit. He's he deserves like a bit more kind of him time than him and Sting. I don't. That that's my point. I wanted to make, and we appreciate your point, Jack. And I think all agree with it. Next, we had a segment where the Bucks, the Young Bucks, showed up at Kenny Omega's house uh, to be greeted by Michael Nakazawa, who took them through to Kenny's kind of dining area. Uh, they were there to meet Kenny, and they saw a, an shirtless oil painting of Kenny Omega and Don Callis on the wall. Uh, and then Kenny doesn't come out to greet them, but Don Callis comes out to greet them and tries to buy them off, I guess, pay them to stop being Kenny's friends. So it wasn't 100% clear. What did you make of this segment, Patrick? I found it completely hilarious. Also, it, it was... It was um, It was good, yeah. It was... Yeah, it was good. It was... Uh, on one hand, it was it was serious a bit because they were serious. They were like, we want to see Kenny now, what's going on here, you know? But... Uh, as soon as Michael Nakazawa entered and said, "Oh, please follow me," here I'm I'm the assistant now. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, that's that's odd." And then with the picture, uh, that, that was super cringy, but I like it because it's completely but over the top. In a good top. way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, it's in in a good way over the top. And um, yeah, the outcome of it will be 
will be later in the episode, so I don't say anything about it. But I, I, it's it's getting very interesting how he's trying uh, to break them up or uh, probably push the Good Brothers more in to have like an impact Kenny crew, whatever. And I'm really interested in how the outcome of this will be if there will be matches from Kenny against the Bucks or. Good Brothers Bucks or some some stuff like that. If maybe Cody joins him, uh, joins them, or what the outcome will be at one day, because you can see there will be a negative um, climax, but also there will be a positive climax at one point as well, where ten, uh, Kenny might turn climax. against Don Callis, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and everything will uh, fall apart or it will be revealed what his plan was, whatever. So I'm really looking forward to their building a nice storyline, and uh, that was very fine. That fabled long-term storytelling, isn't it? Uh, this segment did have my favorite quote of the night in, which was Nakazawa-san, take Marvez to dungeon. <laughs> Marvez was like, the, the dungeon? He's like, it's just a wrestling workout room. Don't worry about it. He's like, the dungeon? <laughs> I, 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 I vote to make the name of this episode, Take Marvez to Dungeon. <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant. And uh, also... Approved. Yeah. Also, the young bucks calling Don Callis Uncle Creepy got a laugh out of me. Um, Jack, good segment? Good segment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good segment for me. Um, not too much to add from my part, but I just Don Callis is just the perfect heel at the moment, um, and I just love the the way they're working with him. Um, and yeah, that just to reiterate what Patrick said, you can feel the tensions brewing. You can feel the tensions rising. Like you can tell this is going to have bigger stakes as we keep on going through. And I'm just I'm just enjoying the ride. The segment was really good the kind of relationship between Bucks and Don Callis. You can see that Don Callis is trying to take charge and trying to push young Bucks out. And yeah, I, I think it's got a really good potential. Um, I'm not too sure what how it's going to end, um, but that's also quite nice. Like a lot of these storylines, you can tell how it's going to end. And this is just nice because each week I'm just enjoying seeing what happens next. And it's just, and each week there's a more creative stance to it. And yeah, I just think it's really good. Yeah, it obviously ended with the Young Bucks super kicking Don Callis in the face, which comes back to bite them later on. While it's fresh on my mind, I will say, because we were just talking about, before before we launched into Dynamite, we were talking about the main event of Hard to Kill. Uh, during that match, Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown on commentary were very much selling that the Good Brothers had turned on Impact and were betraying Impact by, you know, signing with Kenny. Um, and and I like that that's how it... That's the perspective over there, and the perspective on AEW is that Kenny's betrayed AEW by siding with with uh, the Good Brothers. It's like, you know, a, you know the, the AEW contingent are very much, oh, like, you are, oh, you've sold us out for another company. And then the Impact ones to the Good Brothers are like, oh, you've sold us out for another company. Do you know what I mean? And so really they've got the three of them just, you know, and Don Callis don't have any friends. They've just got, you know, each other. They're, um, they're not... They're not welcome in either either camp, which I, I really like. But yeah. Moving on, the next next thing we had was a match between Pretty Peter Avalon and Cody Rhodes. I'll start by saying I didn't expect I hadn't seen the Pretty Peter Avalon thing. And when I saw this announced, I was underwhelmed, quite frankly, because I was like, why is Peter Avalon facing Cody Rhodes on Dynamite? <laughs> I, I couldn't quite get my head around it. I was 
utterly surprised. I actually quite like this gimmick. <laughs> Maybe I've gone mad. Maybe I've contracted syphilis and it's gone to my head. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's hilarious because he's ass ugly, isn't he? That's the joke, obviously. <laughs> so, um, is and ah, oh, is there's so many creative spots for that. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun to the finish, but obviously they used the gimmick in the finish in a hilarious creative way that I have never seen before. Yeah, I mean, um, am I am I alone in this? Let's come to Jack. Am I alone in my my appreciation of Pretty Peter Avalon? No, you're not. I hey, I also like you. When I saw it on the card, I was like, I I, it was I was that close to like wanting to skip it because I was just like. This is not, and I like the way they did it because they set it up that it was going to be a squash match. Unfortunately, Jade Cargill comes out again, and we've got that storyline keep going, but oh, we won't talk about that because, I know. Um, you, you know, we'll just get on a rant. But yeah, but I like the idea that it was going to be a squash. She came out and distracted him, and then we actually got a legit match. And Peter Avalon impressed me. He had some really good um, spots, and yeah, is an actually good wrestler. I liked, obviously, the storyline he originally had where he couldn't even get a win. Neither could Brandon, they had that. But now I think they said he was on like a five, six win streak, which was like really good to see. Obviously, he got his match with Cody. Um, and yeah, same with Utah. Really like the gimmick, and especially that end where obviously he was just didn't want to get hit in the face and so just tapped out. And I just thought that was really funny. But yeah, but it, the match as a whole, it was a good match. It wasn't the best match of the night, but it definitely for me was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I found myself a lot more gripped to it that I initially thought I would be. Yeah, I think he's onto a winner. Um, I'll just I'll just say the commentators also said that Cody had put on 19 pounds of muscle in two weeks. So that's a fun little factoid. He definitely looked it as well. So I don't know whether they're exaggerating as, as is true in wrestling. I don't know why he's doing that, but he did look stacked. Patrick, let's come to you and your thoughts on this match. Not much to add. Just to let you know, guys, this pretty Peter Avalon gimmick, he had it before in the Indies. He had a stripper gimmick. And uh, he looked like it a little bit. So I was I was looking forward to it when Peter Avalon was getting back to Dynamite or like be, have, have a little more on-screen time with that character because I was curious to see that. I saw some things after, I think it was Torgus Jericho. It was on Torgus Jericho or... No, it was not unrestricted back then. They didn't have it yet. Also good that they gave up on the librarian uh, gimmick because that was not working very well, <laughs> as they thought. But I kind uh, of ironically embraced it towards the end, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it didn't. Uh, it was not the big thing they hoped for, I guess. So they thought it might. I mean, what get... were they hoping for when they came out and told crowds to be quiet for somebody? <laughs> what did they yeah. expect was going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, but in the beginning, there were faces, definitely, when they came out. And then they switched it because they saw no one connects with no one was reacting to anything at all. And then it was starting like this. But uh, yeah, like I said, then, then I listened to the podcast wherever he was. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Looked up some stuff uh, on YouTube. Looked funny to me, like really, because I could see him in, in that position. Now he's he is that character in some kind of way again so i'm hoping he's getting a little more like this becoming a little more like this uh because I, like you said before i also liked uh, the 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 touches they gave it like in the end or so how he tapped out it yeah. can be a good gimmick can be a better gimmick than uh, librarian because uh, also sure. uh, peter avalon showed now that he can wrestle although you have to contrast you pointed out that uh, the commentators 
uh, said that uh, Cody uh, gained around like 19 pounds or so. And then you yeah. have Peter Avalon on the, on the other side. It's like what we call in German, he is a chicken breast. He's completely <laughs> like he, he doesn't look very trained or very stacked or anything. So that was a nice contrast that they gave. Like what was the match length, like nine minutes or so that they gave him this time that he can also show himself a bit with more to the audience. Can I quickly add something before? Yep, you, go for it. Well, just whilst it's fresh in my head. Um, I hate Cody's entrance at the moment. I, I don't know whether you, anyone was yes, going to touch on it. I so almost I wanted forgot to that. Completely because agree, I thought, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so problems with it. They cut his um, kind of intro short where it's dark and obviously you get the red light. That was cut short, which felt Aww. really weird. Yeah, didn't like that. Um, and I know it happened last week and we did mention it, but his new remix Snoop Dogg version, which obviously is because of the Go Big Show, that doesn't work because they just... Is uh, Snoop Dogg even, even in time for all of that? That's like, what I, I mean. It to it and he sounded like... Yeah. I don't... I'm gonna. I'm probably going to be a bit controversial and say so I don't hate it as a concept, to be honest. Like I and I almost kind of like that bit where it where it builds up the da 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 and then drops da 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 and then yeah, into no, like that, a hip hop beat. That kind I kind of works, like yeah. that. I kind of like that transition, but then <clears throat> it, it just Snoop doesn't even sound in time for a lot of it. It just sounds no. like they just you know got him in the studio for one take. He was like, just do that, <laughs> like. Yeah, and, even, and also, yeah. I, I thought the chorus sounded different to how it normally did. I feel like they did a like an updated version downstate, and it didn't sound as good. And yeah, so my final point, I just want Cody's old entrance back because it was epic, and it just made me hyped for a Cody match, and this one doesn't. Okay, it, then, it, then uh, I'm not alone. Then you heard heard the same. I was also like, does the chorus sound different? Did the voices were yeah. a little higher pitched or so? And then I was watching with you again, like every week, Hey you, and yeah, it 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 was different, and then I was like, huh. But also to the col collab, I, I like collaborations like this. But Snoop Dogg and Downstreet, uh, Downstreet are not uh, Linkin Park and Jay Z, so. Yes, hmm. <laughs> I like that kind of. Yeah, the 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 Linkin Park and Jay Z kind of, you know, update that we never asked for. <laughs> Snoop Dogg and Downstate. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, I actually, for a brief moment, I'm with both with both you guys. For a brief moment, I thought Downstate were playing live because of how the sound was different. I was like, a Downstate there again, just for a random dynamite because it just sound because the the audio just sounded like jankier. You know, um, it was weird. Uh, yeah, no. But I liked the finish. I liked the tapping out. Uh, because he didn't want to get hit in the face. I suspect that, and uh, now you say that he's got an indie thing, and the reason it works so well, he's probably going to be, probably is, and is probably going to be recycling some of his spots from the indie circuit with this gimmick, which is fine, because, you know, most people won't see it, and that, that happens all the time. I will say, you said it went about, what, nine minutes? Uh, when you look at what happened with the last match of the night, I'm starting to think maybe some of these kind of this kind of no squash match policy might, you know, be backfiring on them a bit with not just this week's, but some other recent weeks, how quickly they've had to wrap up the show because they've been short on time. Um, yeah. And then you, and then I mean, it's, it's all fun and games, this like this match. But then when the main event gets cut short and then you look back and like, do we really need nine minutes of Peter Avalon? Do you know what I mean? Um, is the only thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Because obviously I know yeah, we'll touch on I it agree later. Too, especially when it comes or when it, when it comes to the match we're talking about after it, which was way too short in that context. So but we can talk about it later. 
Okay, next was FTR and Jurassic Express had a promo. FTR are apparently the number one ranked team, but how? <laughs> I've seen them wrestle like once recently, so I'm not entirely sure how they're the number one. Uh, 2021, they've obviously refreshed the scores, the the wins, loss record. So I don't know whether it's because of that. Or I don't know how they've done it. Um, but yeah. But I mean, I... I, I mean, I I don't really question the stats a lot because yeah, I'm on I it also assume... right now. They they are at number one together with Jurassic Express assume... because they have one and zero for 2012 uh, 2021. I just assume that a lot of these take place on dark, but I don't think FTR wrestle a lot on dark, do they? I think they're kind of too big for dark, if it were. But yeah, I don't I don't actually remember too much about this promo. It was just uh, I think this was just setting up Jungle Boy versus is it Dax. Dax Harwood next week, I believe, in a singles match, which will be fun to see. I haven't seen yeah, Boy in a singles yeah. match in, no, in a well. He is the one that can hang out of them. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. I'm actually really looking forward to it um, because obviously we know FTR are a really good tag team, but we I, I know I haven't seen them wrestle in singles. So yeah, and obviously Jungle Boy. I've seen it. Yeah, Jungle Boy is obviously a really good singles wrestler. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jungle Boy actually gets one over here. Um, and just to add to this feud a little bit as well, it'd be really good. But I think it would be like a quick finish, like a roll up or something, and then and then you'd have Dax like spring right up and just be kind of flipping out as Jungle Boy kind of rolls out of the ring to his kind of. Oh, yeah, that, that's another thing I like. like actually, you know, I can just listen. I can listen see to that, that music again. I love that. I love his entrance. Yeah, I'm hyped about hearing that entrance again because I've watched them um, because. Since obviously hearing that that's his entrance theme, I went on YouTube and looked at Jungle Boy AW entrance, obviously the new one, and there's a video of him on Dark when he debuts it, um, and yeah, Taz is singing along, and he's like, he's like, what what is this? I, I love this song and stuff, and like Taz breaks character for a bit and starts singing along. It's just really really good to see. But yeah, I think I think it's obviously going to be a crowd pleaser, and when fans come back, they're yeah, it'll go down an absolute treat, as it did when he was an Indies wrestler. Then that took us into John Moxley versus Nick Comorado. I'm doubling down on it. It's Nick Comorado. That's what I'm going for. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, yeah, thoughts, Patrick? <laughs> I was stunned by the guy. I love him now. Like, he was great. Nick Comorado. Yeah, awesome, really. Like, to be it's honest, good, also in the match... Yeah, and, uh, to be honest, also in the match, uh, most of the time he really beat up John Moxley. John Moxley just got a little bit in the beginning, and then in the end he choked him out, and that was it. He had the upper hand most of the match. And this is just that no really, squash match policy again. Yeah, but I really liked it. They, they, it. It was also a really good showcase of this guy. I just looked it up quickly. He was on uh, on dark in October 13th, first time. So he was few times on dark before so obviously like i said before i didn't didn't watch it in the last months a lot but yeah he was fired from wwe and then just got the chance there and i hope they're making something out of it because he is a really interesting big guy he looks a little bit like bruiser brody um yeah, a lot like bruiser but brody, he I'd was say. very very good in in like in in the execution of his moves or so he didn't look slow he was always uh really like in a fast pace very precise uh, it looked very strong what he performed maybe also thanks to john moxley um selling it a lot but it looked very hard hitting and everything so i like this guy i want to see more of him for moxley 
like I said, I'm not the biggest John Moxley or AEW John Moxley fan, so the promo he gave in the end was also like, yeah, typical John Moxley promo for me again. But the outcome of this match was Nick Coromoto. I want to see more, please. Yeah, um, he was in WWE, you just said. Yeah, um, elaborate, because <laughs> I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, sorry. Just had to drink something quick. So he was from 2019 to 2020 in NXT, was never also seen on TV, was just in some uh, house shows of NXT when they still performed it. And he was uh, let go in uh, April 2020 from the big uh, wave of releases during to the COVID oh, they pandemic. missed a trick there. I'd, I'd say similar to, um, not to get off on a tangent, because I'll come to Jack in a minute about his thoughts on this match, but Will Hobbs put on Twitter this week, I remember seeing that... Uh, he he was he had a tryout with WWE and they said no you're not what we're looking for, um, which again is weird because look at the guy you know um, and and look at Apollo Cruz and then yeah, him. and you're like yeah and yeah yeah so they yeah he went for a tryout with WWE said you're not what we're looking for and then when he signed or was going to sign or something to AEW they came back with an offer and saying no we want you on board and apparently he legit just said fuck you or that's apparently what he said on Twitter that he said I don't know whether he actually did or not or whether he's paraphrasing but I mean you know they say you can't burn bridges in wrestling so apparently it doesn't matter what you say to Vince you can legit say fuck you and he'll probably if you make him enough money he'll probably sign you back if, if he becomes a big star but you know, um, got some balls on him anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they they missed a trick with him potentially, and definitely with this uh, this Nick Camarada guy. Um, lasted almost well, exactly four minutes. I, I did time it because I was again worrying whether it was a bit too long for what is a, a squash match, but not a squash match. If you know what I mean? It's not a squash match because it's AEW, but it's a squash match. Jack, thoughts on? Nick Camarado and of I really hope I'm pronouncing that right and of the match in general. Yeah, um, I, I I enjoyed it. I thought that Nick Camarado gave a good account of himself. Um, yeah, thought thought he actually was proper beating up Mox at one point, um, but then obviously Mox came back into it, which he obviously is going to be because it was John Moxley in action. There was no way there was going to be an upset, but it looked yeah he looked like the real deal. I won't talk too much more about the match because I know Patrick said quite some good stuff. But what I wanted to talk about actually more is the the promo obviously john moxley um i like how cut, he did the press-ups during it yeah yeah <laughs> he, cut, he cut um which basically just said he's still willing to face everyone long story short i think this is setting up for a kenny mox um match at revolution for the title again and that, that's about it i just wanted to point that out um yeah good promo which obviously mox does and yeah i think that's where it's building up um which i don't know if that's where you guys uh have realized as well or, yeah, what you guys think of that? No, um, yeah, obviously we've got this match at the Beach Bash, or Beach Break, it's called, right? I guess they're not using Bash at the Beach anymore because of all the legal trouble it got them in with WWE before. But I'm assuming that's essentially what it is, it's essentially Bash at the Beach. But yeah, they've got... I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I think it's him and Pent... No, not Penta, because of events that transpire later in the show, but him, Phoenix, and Pac against... Teddy and the Good Brothers. Brothers. Correct, yeah. Um, yeah, so after, after this, we had um, an interview with Eddie Kingston, uh, setting up Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer next week. It, it seems like Eddie's kind of moving on from Pack a little bit, would you say? Um, and from that rivalry, 
uh, and it was nice to see Eddie and uh, Jake the Snake face off, I thought, because they're both kind of legends on the mic. One, you know, kind of the new legend on the mic and, and Jake Roberts, who was just, you know, old school legend on the mic. Any thoughts about this segment or where it seems to be going with Eddie Kingston, Lance Archer, etc., etc.? Yeah, so obviously, originally had the Eddie and Pac feud. Um, they had a match on Dynamite, uh, which obviously I I expressed my opinion on that on a previous episode, saying I thought that could be a pay-per-view match. Now, obviously, they've got Eddie Lance Archer. I probably will end up being wrong, because I, I am a lot of the time with wrestling stuff, being relatively new to this. I could see it ending up being a triple threat between Eddie, Lance, and Pac at Revolution. I don't know about you boys, um, but I'd be really hyped to see that. I think they're sort of having... A crossover because obviously Eddie Eddie and Pac had their uh, thing, Eddie and Lance are now having their thing, and Pac and Lance obviously faced off because they both wanted to get Eddie. So I could see this turning around just being a whole big triple threat, yeah, uh, revolution. Which I you'd, you'd think so. It's got triple threat written all over it. Yeah, I, I'd be really hyped for that. So I don't the know face, the heel, and the tweener. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's uh, interesting. But what what. When Lance Archer came into the picture, what got into my mind was like, well, Lance Archer together with Nick Kuromoto as a, as a team or joining them, they would, they would be a nice team, right? Or isn't it? They look really, I don't know, they would fit. I like mm. the idea. So <laughs> that was my thought, <laughs> thought about this, this backstage segment. Let's see what will happen with it. I don't have anything else to add what you said before. I'm just going to see what happens to it, where they will uh, let this rivalry go to next and... Yeah, something happens later. We can talk about later also with the whole constellation of the teams. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. So I'm just going to see where this will, will end up then. Right, well, that takes us on to the next segment, which was Kenny and Don Callis. Kenny concerned about Don Callis's bruise on his face, which we saw how he sustained with a double super kick. I mean, we assume it happened off camera from the Young Bucks. Um, might have just been a good old-fashioned beatdown. Marvez popping up everywhere seems to be a meme now, like he came back in the... I'm cool with them using him like that, to be honest, because he was terrible on the commentary when they tried him, but uh, I really... Uh, he's he's growing on me as the guy that just appears places with a mic. Um, I don't have much to say about this. It was just, you know, Kenny concerned about the bruise and him finding out that the Bucks did it and just furthering of the story a bit. Um, and bringing it onto Dynamite from Kenny's house. Um, I don't think there's much to add. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah sure. nothing else really to add. It, it was just really good, right? That uh, that he had like the black eye, and I, I also want to add that Kenny's look is really great now. He looks like really like a different cleaner. Also, that's that's what I like. Not the Japanese um, like more not not like a manga or anime character or comic character now more like uh i don't know like a rich guy whatever who dressed dressed up weirdly <laughs> he doesn't know where well, to he came he came out hard he came out hard to kill i was like holy fake tan batman like he was like yeah. orange like for sure yeah, right? and it really and then, brought out his crazy wearing, eyes yeah right and then being orange and then wearing uh the Bullet Club shirt with a pumpkin on it, right? <laughs> Halloween, yeah. And uh, and I think he had fresh highlights in as well. Like you say, he just is going for a yeah. fresh look. Yeah, next match was Matt Sedow on top, yeah, top Flight versus Matt Hardy in Private Party. Let's come to Jack, uh, seeing as he is the connoisseur of the shit that is Flippy. Well, I was going to say, out of this whole match, my weak point was Matt Hardy because I thought everyone else in this match was absolutely perfect especially coming from, as Tom said, connoisseur of flippy shit. 
Um, I love my flip shit. And I thought Matt Sidell and Top Flight looked wonderful together. I thought they worked really well, had really good chemistry. And yeah, Private Party, I've, I've loved since first saw him. Um, and I thought they looked really good. And yeah, Matt Hardy, for me, just looked a little bit slow. And obviously, he's not that guy anymore. You know what I mean? He can't really do the flippy shit. So it kind of he looked a bit out of place for me. But obviously, I get why he's there because of his whole storyline, Private Party. The key thing for me in this match was the the kind of turn. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're, I'd probably say they're probably a bit tweener now, Private Party, because obviously they were originally faced. Um, but with um, oh, I it, think this was a heel turn. Yeah, that that was it. The, the whole the whole um, the whole scene. The and I'm trying to remember it now. Was it Mark Quember's up on the ropes, um, and uh, Matt Hardy gave him? Was it was it the what was it? Try, someone? No, no, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy wasn't even involved in it. Is that I think that was, was it Isaiah Casty? Yeah, uh, yeah. It wasn't even. The key, I think that was the key point from it. Is that it's not even Matt Hardy's kind of active influence now. It's just they've literally come over to his side that they're taking yeah. initiative to do these heel things themselves. Isaiah Casty got up on the ropes and uh, hit somebody with a chair. That was it. Who. Yeah. And then Mark Quinn was looking at him like, like, oh, should you have done that? But then a smile came smiles, Mark yeah. Quinn's face. Yeah. That's it. And, and then, it. like hit the shooting star press. Yeah. So it just, yeah. So I'm all for it because the character they're going for, especially with this, yeah, Matt Hardy gimmick, it works. But yeah, for me, a really good match. Really enjoyed it. Matt Hardy was, was the weak link for me. Um, but I love what they're doing with private party at the moment. And they get a lot more screen time, especially with this, whole thing they've got going on impact now. I don't know whether we're going to touch on that later in other wrestling news, so I won't um, spoil it. But yeah, Private Party really getting some good TV time and they deserve it because they're really good wrestlers and um, yeah, and we obviously saw that when they knocked out uh, Bucks in the tag team tournament right at the start of um, Dynamite. And yeah, they've not been as in your face through since then, but I think this is where they're getting their good build now. Patrick, thoughts? Again, nothing to add. No. <laughs> no. What what I have to add is like, I think we can already go a little more into it because they were on Impact this week and uh, Private Party with Matt Hardy and they won uh, the number one contenders match for the, uh, for the uh, Impact tag team titles. And I think now, because last week I and I think you also guys cr criticized it that we're not... We cannot see where the, where the storyline with Matt Hardy being the manager and taking extra money from that is going or so but now we can see it like jack pointed out it looks like a heel turn um mad hardy or storyline wise it looked that mad hardy got them the title shot or the number one contenders uh, a match at in impact and so it makes sense now really like also mad hardy was more the weakest link of the whole uh of the whole people involved in the match but he might go now like maybe more into a manager role with him like I, I i like now like this week was the week where i say okay now i like it before it was like oh, i don't know what this uh and this week was the turning point for me okay now i like it first the impact thing where i was like oh that's interesting they're getting time there and then this match seeing them that they might become heels now uh, matt hardy also coming out to big money matt and not broken matt hardy or anything right now also an impact that's um yeah, that's a big signal where it's going now, and now I finally like it. I think if he's going to be big money Matt, he needs to change up his look, because he just looks like unkillable Matt Hardy or whoever for me. Um, I think he should go with, like, a white suit um, and a cowboy hat. Like, 
like and really kind of really kind of emphasize his southern drawl he's got like he's kind of a like an oil baron or something do you know what i mean i'd um i'd really like that <laughs> like, like just... jeff jarrett looking like jeff jarrett or so with his skin maybe maybe Weird less maybe maybe, maybe not with... like in the 80s not with the uh, what do you call it? The little kind of the skinny tie. tie that Jeff Jarrett wears. Yeah, not bow tie. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. You know what I mean, though. Maybe not that kind of thing. Maybe, maybe a cross between old school Jeff Jarrett and Million Dollar Man or something. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think he should kind of, yeah, kind of emphasize the richness, the big money thing, because he's calling himself Big Money Matt and then coming out in a kind of tank top. It's it doesn't do it for me. But yeah, um I didn't think he was actually that much of a detriment in this match because it was a six man match, do you know what I mean? So if you're gonna put these kind of guys in there in matches, these slow guys in matches, then it better be multi man matches like this. Um I if I had to be hypercritical it was a good match. If I had to be hypercritical uh, towards the beginning of the match, some of the flips towards the beginning of the match did seem a little unnecessary. They didn't seem kind of like to have a point to them. Um, like I, I swear I saw at one point someone just do a backflip over somebody, and and then there was no contact. Um, there's a lot of that going down, and there was a pin botch as well. Someone went for a pin, but they weren't the legal man, so um, I think it was one of uh, top flight. But you know they're pretty new to the scene, so and then I think it was Matt Seidel had to like pull them up and take the pin. But that's just me nitpicking. It was a decent match. Um, I don't think it was my match of the night, but um, we'll come to that. We'll come to the match of the night. But yeah, all around a good match, a good high-flying match. Um, I don't think any of us expect any less. And I do, as I said, think it was a, was a straight-up heel turn uh, at the end. Then we came on to uh, an inner circle promo. Sammy still does not trust MGF. He's still very hostile towards him. Yeah, I mean, is this... Do you guys think this is building up to the, when there is the inevitable, I don't know, about dissolution of the inner, inner circle or, you know, whatever happens with the inner circle, do you think this is building up to Sammy being a face or or will Wardlow take that spot as we've talked about? Or, I mean, let's come to Jack. Yeah, I think um, in terms of the inner circle uh, set up, I think next one to go, or I say next one to go, none, none, none of them left. The first one to leave will be Sammy. I can even see it happening as soon as Revolution. I can see a Sammy MJF sort of match, which I don't know how it would sort of work, whether it'd be Jericho saying, look, you two aren't getting along. It's um, it's destroying kind of the inner circle. We need one of you to go, and then it'd be based on that match. But yeah, I, I think Sammy, yeah, definitely a face turn coming. Um, he seems to be the only one that clearly sees MJF for what he is. How the rest of the inner circle have been blindsided to this I've got no idea I mean I know obviously it's the storyline but yeah so I think based on that promo I think we're definitely going to have a Sammy and Jeff match eventually um, and yeah I think it could happen as soon as Revolution yeah uh, well pondered out Jack also I, I see it the same um, that this might happen very in the very near future maybe um, I think this promo was one one of the best like in, in a long time or not this promo sorry this bad backstage segment uh, and also all the backstage segments in the last weeks with mjf approaching everyone of the inner circle uh, 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 alone in the spot especially the one with uh, hager when he lost against uh, wadlow or um with santana and ortiz the only one that's missing is sammy definitely this might be, he might be, like you said, he might be going out of the inner circle, being alone, which would be also cool for him because he's a very good wrestler. But yeah, I like this segment a lot because you could 
clearly see his intentions, but he played it so well that I actually also said to Hugh uh, when when this was over, he said like he played it so well, you believed really because you knew that he was th th what his intention was, but you still believed him. I was like, yeah, it, he might be also a good good face in the far future, I think, but he might also be a face one one day, and he can be a face one day because he can be that guy. Um, this is also what this segment showed, but uh, yeah, he was playing so good. Uh, I liked it a lot. This storyline is just really building clearly into one direction, and the only one who's not seeing it within storyline is Chris Jericho, I think. And this will be an interesting awakening at one point. Yep, uh, agree with everything you said. The only thing I will say is that a Sammy MJF kind of blowing off steam match, I think, would be a bit derivative of what they've already had with Wardlow versus Jake Hager. Um, I'd just like to straight up see it, just them not pussyfoot around it and just pull the trigger um, with, with uh, you know, problems in the inner circle leading to Sammy leaving. Next match was Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford. Um, legit Layla Hirsch, and she is legit, and she, she's, I mean, we already know. My thoughts on Layla Hirsch, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, let's come to Patrick and what your thoughts on this match were. This was Layla Hirsch versus Penelope Ford replacing Nyla Rose, and Penelope Ford came out with uh, her, her fella, um, Kip Sabian, as well as Miro, and Charles Taylor, the butler. Thoughts? Actually, Jack would be the best person to ask first because he clearly dislikes Nyla Rose so much, but I can also jump in there. When I heard uh, the change of, of the match... Um, first of all, uh, get well soon, uh, uh, Nyla Rose, because she uh, seems to have like COVID, wasn't it that? That she might have COVID? I think she just came into contact with someone and they're just taking precautions like yeah, they did with right, Mox. Yeah, right, might have it. So, of course, that's not a, not a nice circumstance. So I don't hope something's happening to her. But this announced change that Penelope Ford will be up against Layla Hirsch. I was very excited for the match because Penelope Ford is also a little underutilized because she can still do more. She gets screen time, yeah, but she can do way more than standing there with uh, with uh, Kip Sabian or Miro, just be in this party, you know, like she is really, really good. She showed that in the match as well, as well as Layla Hirsch. I think we all agree that it was good from her. The match was great. Like, yeah, it had some nice spots also in it. But what I want to point out now, a question to you guys. Do you guys, uh, or did you guys play Soul Calibur? Because I noticed something. <laughs> Back in the day, yeah. Why is, why is that? Was it her uh, attire? Yeah, right. Her attire reminded me of Ivy from Soul Calibur. Obviously, Ivy is wearing way less than Penelope Ford is wearing. <laughs> but it, it looked like really from the attire, like from a, from a build. Maybe it's an inspiration. Maybe we get her one day on the podcast. Yeah, I don't I know. Think... I can ask her that question personally. But it looked a little bit like it. So this is what I noticed, like out of everything else from the match, which was good. And uh, just to finish it, the rest after the match was cringe shit. You can beep it or whatever. I don't like that at all. Oof, like how they're playing this out now. This I I don't like it at all. That was that was WWE star storyline. How they're going now, and uh, I hope they get a turnaround there at one point. But there you go. You can you can say it. Um, I don't like it at all right now. Um, yeah, what you're just saying about Penelope's ring attire, I was just going to say, I think Hikaru Shida's most recent uh, attire was inspired by Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, it was around the time the remake came out, yeah, was when yeah, she debuted that with the um, over-the-shoulder straps and the gloves. So yeah, um, I think they do that a lot. Um, 
Oh, I have my feelings hurt a bit because I actually quite liked the after the match stuff. Um, I'll come to you, Jack, and you can obviously pile on and tell me how wrong I am before I make my big my big case. Um, what do you think of the match itself? Because we didn't really talk about uh, touch on too much about the match itself. Um, about Layla's, uh, you know, the wrestling, the 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 in ring action. Um, good. Uh, happy that Penelope Ford replaced Nyla Rose. Yeah. Um... Yeah, because obviously originally for me, um, seeing Nyla Rose versus uh, Layla Hirsch, I was more excited, obviously, for Layla Hirsch. I was, you, I think you knew that Layla Hirsch wasn't going to win, but it was going to be a match that showed, again, the quality she possesses in the ring. So, yeah, so obviously Penelope Ford coming in. I'm a lot bigger fan of Penelope Ford. But actually, what I wanted to mention is Patrick saying she's underutilised. It's weird because she is underutilised. But again, just goes to the women's division, saying she's she's number four ranked. Front. Yeah, she's in the she's yeah. in the top five rankings. It's like, but she's barely had any matches. That was really strange. I've got me. that written down. How is Penelope Ford number four? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that again, really bizarre how they do the rankings. Um, but yeah, but no, the match itself. I think I'll let you talk more about it, Tom, because I feel like you probably got a lot more to say than me. But for me, it was just it was just a good match. I enjoyed it. I I, I enjoyed both wrestlers, and yeah. And the key thing, which obviously I think is going to settle some debate here amongst you two about the after-match segment, I'm, I'm a lot less cringed out now. It's Charles Taylor all in the suit and as a butler instead of yes, the young boy Jack. sort of thing. Um, I'm a lot more for it. I'm still a bit weirded out. It still isn't perfect for me, but I feel like it's swinging in a better direction. And I think I'm getting a bit more on board with it. And Miro, I kind of just... I I I was I enjoyed him this week. I enjoyed his he kinda came across as that really perfect arsehole like heel. Yeah, and especially yeah. especially um saying making him say to Orange Cassidy, yeah, Miro is my best friend now. I just I, I, I quite liked it. So still not a perfect storyline, but they definitely made some progress for me, um and some more positive moves for for me to enjoy it more. So yeah, as you say you'll uh, defer to me as Jack is the the high flying expert, jumping Jack as we'll call him. I am technical Tom. I do like the technical matches, the mat wrestling. There was a lot of that that in this match. Um, Layla Hirsch is just so such a good technical wrestler, uh, especially with her work she does with her legs, like the heel hook she puts in, and uh, you know she's she's just always aware of where her opponent's body parts are. Um, she started out kind of dominating the match. I think, I, honestly, I think they played this match perfectly um, because Layla Hirsch was dominating, and she should be because she's just a force. Uh, then they had kind of some outside interference, and then that's when the pendulum kind of slung, swung to Penelope. I felt like Penelope was beating on her a little bit hard, but it was during the break. Uh, so it was us on fight and internationally we're seeing it and as soon as they came back that's when it switched back to Layla Hirsch and Layla Hirsch was kind of pounding on her a bit more um, and just looking physically dominant like like she should uh, the finish right cool to have it end in a, in a screwy finish with um, Kip helping Penelope cheat to win I feel that was the right call because it didn't kind of uh, it, you know, it gave Penelope the win, which they wanted to do because she's the number four and she's blah, 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 uh, without kind of damaging Layla Hirsch's credibility kind of coming up. But I, I think they messed it up a little bit because 
Kip kind of like put Layla Hirsch's foot on the rope, like he was helping her kick out of it or something, even though I think what he was supposed to do was hold her leg down. Um, it was, he, I think he kind of missed his, missed his cue there a little bit. I don't know if either of you guys noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I noticed I that. Also, yeah. I was also asking myself, like, why, what, how? What, what, okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> on my notes, I have, I have, uh, what did I have? Like the cheating, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I liked the cheating finish, but what what was up with that? Um, yeah, just reiterating what you said. I don't understand how Penelope Ford is number four. I will say I I liked uh, some of the stuff they threw in there, like Kip jumping up on the to sit on the on the apron to give her a kiss in the middle of the match and things like that. I think it's just sickening in a good way. Um, I actually. Miss Nyla Rose in one sense, in that I would have liked to see the spots that Layla Hirsch would have pulled off with a big girl like Nyla Rose, because she's, she's what, like 4'10 or something, so I think there would have been some, like, if she could pull off some big spots, like big strength spots, there would have been some, because she's got big girl energy, um, you know, Layla Hirsch, even though she's only 4'10, if she could have pulled off some big spots with Nyla Rose, it would have been some real holy shit moments, do you know what I mean? But, you know, I'm just nitpicking there, and we probably all in all did get a better match out of it that than we would have and I, I I have to imagine that Nyla probably would have pinned her clean as well which would have hurt her more than than the kind of screw finish we did get which I preferred um, I liked after the match I, I did I liked Miro calling Orange Cassidy a George Michael wannabe <laughs> I um, I yeah, I I think it's good. I think it's good stuff. The I I I like Charles Taylor. I think that's I think that's a nice touch. I and I just I'm just picturing the future. This is what this is where my head's at. This kind of whole stuff with like, you know, tell him I'm your best friend like Jack said. It's just like, you know, heartbreaking stuff. And then I'm picturing the future when they all come back together and Trent makes a big return and they have that hug. You know, they finally have the kind of best friends hug again after all the, you know, weeks of, I'm assuming, of Miro putting them through kind of horrible shit again. And I care about this so much more than I care about broken video game machines and 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 all that. I, I care about, you know, that him trying to destroy a friendship like this so much more. Um, I will say one thing that did make me laugh was it was a weird call from a usually good announcer because I think it was Excalibur said imagine Miro's wife using Chucky as a footstool or something was a weird call I, Lana he's obviously referring to and then there was a long silence and then JR went that's weird <laughs> like, it was one of my favourite calls from JR JR had a couple of calls I liked this time and I was like that is just that <laughs> I, I, I feel you, JR, that was weird. <laughs> like, just summed up what we were all thinking. Oh, yeah. Um, would you like to counterpoint anything I've said, Patrick, about how much I liked it, given how you disliked it so much? It's fine. Everyone has their own opinion. It's, it's good. Like, in the end, we I think we all agree that we are now looking forward what they are doing with this stuff. I'm not looking forward it's to... It's better than it was. Oh, you know, I love a good, I love a good wedding. wrestling wedding. <laughs> no, no, it's I, I hate, I'm so happy this shit is over. But it's a tradition. Coming. But yeah, it's a tradition. Yeah, okay. Maybe they they are doing something different with it. So I I also thought already like maybe when they're going to the to the altar like the ceremony and the priest is standing there, but the priest is standing 
backwards so you're seeing the back of him and then they're approaching him and then the priest turns around and it's orange cassidy this is i'm, I'm waiting for stuff like this so really and then he, ta- really then he takes the skin stuff, mask hopefully. off and it's eric bischoff that was a that was a that was what happened right <laughs> yeah that, that would be nice yeah <laughs> Who, which which pain. which wedding was that was that stephanie stephanie triple h or or was it was it billy yeah, and chuck that would, there was a- <laughs> that would i think that would be a little too early Stephen yeah. Triple H, I think, was during the Attitude Era still, uh, or end of Attitude yeah. Era when he was. Well, I, I just remember there was oh, yeah. a wedding where there was a minister and he took a skin mask, a face mask off, and it was Eric Bischoff underneath, and it was a really good, yeah. good <laughs> mask, and no one really noticed. Uh, um, okay, yeah. Then we went into Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers attacking Penta. Um, yeah, again, I, I, I was wondering why specifically Penta. I don't know if he's got a, an injury or something, but. Um, you know, out of all the, because obviously their storylines have been crossing over and it's getting a bit convoluted now. But you know, why Penta and not Phoenix and not you know Pac? Um, I don't know if there was a reason behind that, but obviously it's now led to this, you know, uh, beach bash or beach whatever it's called match between the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega versus Pac, Moxley, and Phoenix. Correct. So yeah, uh, what did you guys think of the direction this took? Uh, let's go to Jack. Yeah, so um, for me, what I took away from them beating down Penta was just just wanted to hurt Phoenix's brother, really, um, and get to him. And it, whether they just caught him backstage and did it, that's, yeah, it, it was a bit random. But I'm very, very hyped for um, for the match. Yeah, pretty much uh, a handful of just some of my favourite wrestlers. Love Mox, love Phoenix, love Pac, love Kenny. And loving the good brothers at the moment. So yeah, so it's just like yeah, it's just like a dream sort of uh match for me. So I'm really looking forward to it. This um Beach Bash has actually turned out to have quite a sick card as well with um Thunder Rose and Britt Baker. So I'm looking forward to see what other matches get announced. Um and yeah, to see what happens with the uh Kip and Penelope wedding. But yeah, with the match, I think it's gonna be a really good match. I think Kenny will probably still win uh, to keep up that sort of hype that they've got going with him. But, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what how they how they do that, how how the match kind of comes along and to see what happens next week to kind of build it up a bit more. I'm wondering if there's some triple A stuff going on with how they're keeping Penta and Phoenix in the picture, because I know Kenny said he wanted to do across all three companies who wanted this kind of branching thing where he goes from one to the other to the other. And obviously I think he had a match with Phoenix recently, did he, with for the um for the, the mega championship that he carries. Um, Patrick would know a bit more about this. Uh, do you think that's a factor in all this? Yeah, I was also thinking about that already. It was quite weird that they attacked Panta for no reason at all. Until now, we, we will know it later, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's why I, I, I even because... thought maybe he's injured or maybe there's, there's a AAA crossover yeah. thing going on. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if, if you guys noticed it, uh, I was I was watching it again. It also looked weird. It didn't look like it was Penta who got beat up. Somebody with a mask on it. So some people online wrote it also. So it it also looked to me like it wasn't him. They also oh, never like cool twist. Yeah, that it doesn't look didn't look like Penta. Didn't look like Chris Jericho as Penta. That would be more obvious. But <laughs> <laughs> it was... All in reference throwback. Yeah right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that looked a little. A little weird, but yeah, it's. Let's see how the, what what the match build up will be like. This is also what I said before with the Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer match. If it has something to do there, um, I don't know. We, we'll just see it. Um, 
looking forward to it. Eddie Kingston vs. Lance Archer as well as the uh, Beach Break match and uh, yeah. Beach Break, thank you Patrick, always the the guy who keeps us on path. Um, the German. We, we then had a promo uh, which I think has gone under the radar a bit for a Women's World Championship Elimination Tournament. Now one thing I'd like, they didn't mention anything about this on, on on commentary, but I'm sure you guys both noticed one half of the screen was a USA flag and the other was a Japanese flag, and I had a little mini mark out over this, thinking they're really driving home Japanese talent in this in this match. I don't know how they're going to get that much female Japanese talent without some sort of crossover with official crossover stardom. I know they've got they've got girls that they let work for stardom during the pandemic, specifically Yuka Sakazaki and Riho and maybe Emi Sakura. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think if they're going to fill out where it would be half Japanese girls, I don't know whether that's what they're going for. They would probably have to get some sort of official thing with stardom on board, which I'd be all on board for. And obviously it's also a good chance to maybe introduce a few, um, impact women's wrestlers into the mix on the American side. Or I, again, I don't know if it's even going to be, if they're actually going to do an American bracket and a Japanese bracket, but that's what it looked like. Um, they're probably not. It's probably just going to be like a mix. But uh, yeah, thoughts on this, Patrick? I was also quite surprised that it was just shown on screen this quick and without further really explanation, just letting it speak for itself. Maybe I don't know. I'm also I just mean, looking up. up what you. Yeah. Also, no hype or anything around it. Just looking up if there's on Wikipedia women's division thing from for Impact Wrestling because I'm also curious if there were. Japanese or like Yoshi wrestlers in in Impact before or had a relationship with them because then it would make sense then also um, how big was the bracket I don't know how big the bracket was I think it, it was, was quite like, big uh, it was quite big yeah qu qu like like uh, best of six, 16 yeah uh, it looked like it had um, on both yeah, sides it said it, it looked like it had eight, eight each side yeah so it's a 16 well, overall you know it's just left Impact as well don't you Patrick I don't know. Well, Ty, Ty, Ty Valkyrie's Ty, Ty Valkyrie's contracts up ah, with yeah, Impact. Right. She, um, yeah. she, she, in the most. Re I mean, we could talk about this in the less important show section, but I think it's probably more relevant right now. Um, she, she, there was Impact had a. They had a segment where one of the big guys from I think they're called like Triple XL or something like, which is just it's Ace Romero and another fat guy um, and uh it was i think johnny bravo or something like that um and he had a wedding with rosemary and he got shot or something and it was like who shot him like a, a who done it kind of storyline uh and it turns out ty valkyrie done it so she has been carted off to jail and that is her exit from from impact um and tommy dreamer said something quite interesting he said hopefully for her sake she ends up at the jacksonville penitentiary and not the stanford correctional institute <laughs> um which is a reference to saying obviously hopefully she ends up at AEW and not at wwe but yeah um I I am with Tommy Dreamer on this one. I would uh, much rather. I mean, they need uh, AEW need the women's talent more than WWE do, obviously. So yeah, thoughts on this tournament, Jack? Yeah, very excited about it. Um, I think this is another chance for AEW to try and get the women's division right. It's a great opportunity to introduce lots of new talent, lots of current talent as well, which um, deserves pushes. 
Um, I think you're going to get a lot of mixture. I think you're going to get um, to see Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb in it from um, NWA. I think you're obviously going to get to see the, the favourites from AW, like Britt Baker. Well, not my favourite, but I'm sure someone, Nyla Rose, is going to be in it as well. But also, I also um, did pick up on that Japanese side and think... I did notice it did say to be announced for when it's going to be, so I don't know if they're holding off, waiting to see when they could get the Japanese talent in. But yeah, very hyped about it. Excited to see current talent we love. Excited to see new talent. And yeah, it's a great opportunity for 16 girls to make a name for themselves, really, and put themselves on the map in the AW Women's Division. Much needed, isn't it? Serena Deeb all the way double champion, that's what I say. Then we came on to the main event of the night, Inner Circle, the tag team triple threat. Uh, well, what do we say about this match? This was my match of the night, honestly, despite how it ended. Um, MGF and Jericho came out to a song mashup. I wasn't sure whether I loved it or hated it. <laughs> um, Jack's shaking his head, so let's come to Jack on that one. Yeah, I've actually got so much to... Well, I say so much to say, not in the grand scheme of things, but I both loved and hated this match. I would have liked to have seen it go on for longer, but I know we mentioned that earlier. That's probably because some matches went on longer and they ran out of time. Can I just say how fantastic Sammy and Hager looked? Sammy Hager. I thought them two looked awesome. And I loved, I loved they got the shout out from Sammy Hager. Yeah, from yeah. Um, but for, for, the, for the two that were written off from the start, I actually thought they came across as the strongest. I thought Sammy looked incredible. Um, and yeah, I was even impressed by Hager, which I'm not normally, I'm not the biggest Hager fan, but I thought even he looked really good. Santana Ortiz looked professional. They looked legit. Obviously, we know this anyway. Um, they got great chemistry. Um, and obviously, it was sad they didn't win. Um, and then coming across to Jericho and MJF, I think we all knew they were going to win. It was just a matter of how. But I love the attention to detail in terms of the characters, where, um, and they even mentioned it on commentary, where MJF didn't even attempt to get himself tagged in. He was just stood away, just watching it all, not getting involved. And then I noticed as soon as they mentioned it on commentary and they said, um, I think it was Tony, he was like the, the the little slimy MJF, like not getting involved. The, every Everyone else has been involved as Matt. As soon as they said that, MJF then sticks his hand out and goes for the tag. Well, the bloody it, work rate on Jericho to keep while MGF was sticking out of the ring. Yeah, you, yeah. You look at a triple threat tag match and you're like, okay, Jericho can take it easy in this, you know, nope. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know, and it, uh, the funniest thing is, he didn't even need to be in the ring with with MJF trying to stay out of the ring. Well, no, he did kind of to sell the fact that MJF wasn't tagging in even to his own partner. But yeah. like, they could have still worked around it with some commentary calls. But no, Chris Jericho was in a very high paced match, spent a lot of time in the ring, a lot of time, you know, in 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 a lot of kind of high intensity holds and stuff. It was impressive. Patrick, thoughts on this match? Yeah. Also, like. Uh... I like that the that the match was also like uh, before in in, uh, in in the beginning when the match it was open who would win this match at some points of course it was obvious yeah of course they both will win to further uh, uh, get into the storyline with uh, uh, disrupting the inner circle but they were like you said uh, Jack with uh, Sammy Hager they had great great uh, moves there great actions and then I was also like in between it was such a close call. Uh, then you're like, ah, are they maybe winning it? Then Santana and Ortiz coming back, ah, might they win it? And then, of course, it was getting obvious uh, to the end, and it was very good also that MJF uh, rolled Sammy Guevara up and uh, got the win for them. Um, Specifically yeah, that, Sammy that as well, good. right? 
Yeah, there was there was yeah. there was really good uh, storytelling in the match, and I also would have loved to seen it uh, a little longer. Um, I think it probably was. Yeah, the storytelling was good. It was it was athletic wise good, technical good, but also uh, the storytelling was very good in the match. And like I said before, I'm excited where this will go next. I do have to disagree with Jack saying the thought that Sammy Hager was the uh, kind of standout team of the night. Um, Santana Ortiz, for me, they uh, showed their kind of tag team prowess in this with just their ma their moves together, their ring awareness, like knowing where they should be. Um, the, you know, the fluidity of their moves together. You could tell one of these teams had tagged together for a long, long time compared to the others although and also i you know again I'm, I'm the downer i'm the nitpicker here do you know what i mean but um sammy for me did look quite gassed towards the end of the match uh with some of the moves he was trying to hit where he wasn't kind of getting as much on them as he usually does and it was ring rust or but compared to jericho and jericho was really going you know <laughs> um i was i was quite impressed with jericho uh, I this was a good night for JR because like I said he had that kind of funny moment earlier and he also had a great call to sell a weak Chris Jericho kick out I haven't written down exactly what he said but um, he kind of sold Chris Jericho had kind of a bit of a botched kick out like a weak not a botched kick out but a really weak kick out and uh, JR kind of sold it really well um, match of the night for me for sure um, it could have been better it obviously was probably scheduled to go longer and had a very very abrupt finish and we weren't really allowed to absorb i think the logo was pretty much up as soon as the as soon as i think it was aubrey was it the hand came down <laughs> on the on for the third time i think the logo was on the screen it was uh it was yeah they they have to work on time a little better i think they've let themselves slip in the last few weeks in terms of that and what your thoughts on that are patrick yep same like the the ending was like I said before it was was way too short and uh, they wrapped it up too quickly and they need to work on that. Uh, it just always reminds me of when they have to wrap it up like this quickly and uh, and the logo comes in and everything gets a little more like fast and hasty and that reminds me of all out because <laughs> all in sorry all, all in. in first all in yeah yeah. That was that was like Dresses of course Wolverine. where where it also big big started yeah right and the, the main event they had to cut it so much short and yeah but but to be honest they kind of made that the... work with like cramming all these spots into uh, they kind of made that one work I think whereas this match had a lot that match didn't really have any story behind it it's just like throwing these legends in do you know what I mean you Rey Mysterio doesn't have any beef yeah, with yeah. the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi yeah, right. and stuff it's just it, that was always destined to be a spot fest so you can push the fast forward on that do you know what I mean and just cut out and just have it as a an all you know 180 miles an hour match do you know what I mean but with the other one there was there was a story to tell here so they couldn't really do that for this one and you know we got yeah. what we got but they told the story yeah. I think they told the story, story like it. everything we needed to know and that's it and then let's look forward to the next week I will just before we go on to our match of the night for this one we forgot to say our match of the nights for last week I'm assuming it was uh, the women's match from the way we were talking about it um, we got or, or maybe Jax was Brian Cage Darby Allen. no I, th I thought we all agreed uh, the women's match oh sorry, Serena off. Serena yeah, take sorry. cool um no, so this week's what? What was your match of the? What's the match of the night this week? Go to. Do we go to Jack first? I'm gonna go for a con controversial one. Yeah, I think Inner Circles Triple Threat probably would have been if it was longer. 
And yeah, I'm going to go for the top flight of Matt Sidell versus private party and Matt Hardy because I just really enjoyed that. Maybe because it was a high flying match, but I just thought, as I said, the only one that didn't really impress me in that match was Matt Hardy as much. But even then, he, he was okay. But yeah, the, the rest of them just, well, I thought were outstanding. Much. So I'd also want to be a little bit different, you know, spice it up. Patrick, match of the night. I'm also going a little controversial. So it, in general, it was a very good show. Hard for me to pick a match that stands out because except the Cody versus Peter Avalon, everything was very good and technical. Cody versus Peter Avalon was it was okay. Uh, but I'll go with John Moxley against Nick Cormodo and just for Nick Cormodo because this <laughs> match oh, very stu- yeah, it stood out for me because if I think of, of, of the whole show, I just think of that match because it surprised me and yeah, I think I said everything before what I liked about it about the guy. So this surprised me. Like I also always always say that that's complaining on a high level or you know, like comparing on a high level. The other matches were also great except the one I said, but uh, this stood out for me on this night. It was a clear surprise, so this is why it's my match of the night. Despite its flaws, I'd have to say the main event is my match of the night, so we have no clear-cut winner. We'll have to uh, have to put it to a, an audience vote for our six listeners, or whatever. <laughs> Get in touch and tell us which of uh, which of these three matches um, or any other match was match of the night. Wrestling uh, at gmail.com. You can reach us anytime, anywhere. <laughs> As often as you want. I don't know what WNK that means. Wrestling but, you know. <laughs> or at WNK Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, correct? I hope I've got that right. Twitter, Instagram, yeah. We read the direct messages maybe one day in the future. <laughs> if we get one, please write us. We'll be like we'll be like John Silver getting getting one from Hangman Page or someone sends us a DM. <laughs> right. We have uh, next week's preview. We have Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. We have Cody responding to Shaq. <laughs> Thoughts in that in a minute. We have Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. We have the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. Now, when I say the Dark Order, I believe I mean Silver and Reynolds, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Thoughts on these matches? Uh, Patrick, we're to you because we came to Jack before. Mm, I'm looking forward mostly to the Bucks and the Good Brothers together against Dark Order. Both sides storyline wise, of course, Bucks and Good Brothers. Very storyline wise, like how that's going to work as a tag. Yeah, Yeah. but also Dark Order. Will the Dark Order, will Hangman come out and help them against the Bucks for one point? So that's the thing I'm I'm looking for. There might be something happening like this Cody uh, Shaq commentary. I couldn't care less. Jungle Boy, I'm also very excited for because he gets his spot now in a, in a singles match again. And as I said before several times, Eddie Kingston was Lance Archer. Interesting what they will make with it. So, yeah, looking forward to the show. I think they announced last night already some matches for it, some additional ones. But, I'm always yeah, behind because I always just write the card down based on. Yeah, based no, it's on okay. Now we can get show. to Jack, and I can I can have a quick look now. Okay, uh, yeah, I'd say. You'd probably agree, Jack, that Young Bucks and Good Brothers versus the Dark Order is the most intriguing match on paper in terms of story implications. Uh, what are your thoughts on the other match of the night and indeed that match? Yeah, so I think it's probably, it's like last week when we all were, in terms of storyline, really investing in the Inner Circle uh, triple threat. But I'm also, yeah, sorry, so, so it goes without saying that one's going to be really high. And yeah, the story implications are just endless and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see an appearance from Hangman but I'm also really hyped about um, yeah Dax Harwood and Jungle Boy been really getting into Jungle Boy recently 
Um, I don't think I've ever seen Dax Harwood in a singles match. Right, exactly. So that's going to be really good. So yeah, they're my kind of top two. Um, yeah, the the Bucks and Good Brothers, obviously. And yeah, the Jung Boy and Dax Harwood is kind of like the, the one that I think is going to surprise everyone and be a really, really good match. This Cody responding to Shaq, like, what's stopping him doing that anytime? Like, is Shaq doesn't even need to be there, and he probably won't be there. And it's, uh, yeah, uh, less said about that, the better. I just, I just wish this feud didn't exist. <laughs> like, Jay Cargill, Shaq, Cody, Brandy, just, I mean, I like Cody, but, like, what's happened to his brand recently with the, you know, the music as well? And, oh, just yeah so just uh, short info it's uh, another match they announce for next week is uh, Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Varsity Blondes Griff Garrison and Brian Pullman Jr so also think, interesting to see yeah what happens there so yeah I was just about to say I think there'll be a Jericho MJF um, obvious win but I really enjoy oh, yeah. watching the Varsity Blondes I thought they, they'd be really good, good team, after the last couple of times I've seen them so I think again that's that's going to be one where we'd say it'd be a squash match, but AEW going to drag that out for at least a good five minute match, I reckon. Still not what it's not sure what I feel about them dragging out squash matches, but I I see the merit to keeping it short and to dragging out to be honest and giving giving them some time. So you know. Uh, that Short side note: uh, MLW Show 2019, where I was in New York. Uh, Brian Pillman was back then in MLW and he was over as shit with the people, I can tell you. Like, oh, really, for sure, there's, yeah. There's him and uh, Dirty like, Tom Lawler, right? Great. Uh, no, he, him and... Yeah, but... Yeah, Tom Lawler was also also quite popular. Uh, L.A. Park was also quite quite popular for some reason. Yeah. I, never, I was never a big WCW guy, but yeah, the people were over with him. Obviously, also, uh, Penta yeah. and Phoenix were on that event, but Brian Pillman stood out oh, for nice. me, uh, definitely, from a thing. And MJF was also there, was really nice crowd interaction. Was I was just face-to-face -face with him at one point, so that was quite funny, I can tell you, yeah. <laughs> was, Bri was Brian Pillman in a tag team with Teddy Hart, or am I thinking of somebody else? Was that Tom Lawler? That was uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the the Heart Foundation, the new one against the Dynasty back then. With yeah. um, how's the other guy called? Like he's he's also quite big now from the Dynasty. Who was I think he was MLW champion now in the end. Uh, whatever his name was, uh, he looked like Chris Jericho. So everyone was was screaming, uh, was shouting, "Why too fake?" So <laughs> why too fake? Um, well, talking about MLW brings us on to our next segment, uh, which is called. Less important shows. That's my jingle that I'm going to replace with a professionally recorded one at some point. But I'm just going to sing it until I do. Um, this is where we talk about less important shows. Shows that aren't AEW, but still relevant. Um, obviously, the natural starting point is hard to kill. Uh, what other matches? I know I had to push you to watch, you guys to watch any at all. But what other matches from Hard to Kill did you watch aside from the main event, Jack? You didn't have to push me. I was going to watch anyway. What are you on about? I had but to no. push Patrick. But no, what, what matches were I looking forward to? I think I was always going to watch the ones which you ended up recommending. I really enjoyed the Sammy Callahan match. Oh, um, it was a good one. Yeah, that, that was just... that. That's that's a me kind of match. And um, if I could provide some, provide some backstory to this, um, they probably touched on it a little bit, but... It's this match. This match has been years in the making now. I think it was. It literally must have been at least, uh, at least two years ago that um, essentially what happened was Sammy put a chair over like Eddie's neck, and the idea of him was to hit the chair with a baseball bat, and it would be just like a, a 
broken neck spot or whatever. Um, completely kayfabe, completely fake. Uh, Sammy botched it and brought the baseball bat right down onto... Eddie nearly lost his eye. I think he had to have, like, mm. some surgery or something. It kind of took <clears> Preston <throat> well by storm. And, it, yeah, it was brutal. And the pictures out of that were like... He had his face caved in. It was horrific. Um, and I remember this is around the time... This is also around the time that Sammy Callahan was on New Japan and got himself kicked off because he kept licking people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point people were like yeah this dude is just like super unprofessional like this this guy shouldn't he's not a safe worker he doesn't respect you know anyone anything and he's turned it to his advantage to be fair like he's gone from this guy that was like you know he easily could have and it nine times out of ten it with guys like that and spots like that it does go to just like pff, unsafe worker blackballing you know what i mean but Sammy's really turned it to his advantage and he is just this dirty, horrible bastard. And that match was just the perfect blow-off to it. Um, it was emotional. It was storytelling. It's what wrestling's about, I, th I think. D uh, I assume you watched it as well, Patrick? Not yet. Still on my watch list. Oh, okay. Just the main event. But, uh, but I saw a little bit of it while I was skipping through it, so I still need to watch that now. You telling me that because I like a good old-school hardcore wrestling match. Oh, it's, good. it's a good match. He pulls it off perfectly. Yeah, just speaking a little earlier about the MLW show, I saw him also at the MLW show. That was such a great... When you think now in retrospective, such a great roster which was on the show and also Sam McCallaghan yeah. being there. Before the show, we were there like early, like I don't know, half an hour, hour before the show started or so and Sam McCallaghan was just walking by me and just putting some <laughs> of his weapons under the ring, placing them everywhere and just getting out again. I was like, <laughs> so that's okay, how they get under the ring. Cool, so. <laughs> yeah, right? That's uh, the way. Okay, there's no one hiding it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but no, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like what you guys said and what I saw so far. Um, let's see. I'm gonna make a make a call here, seeing as that rivalry seems to be over now. And as Jack said, there does seem to be maybe another Kenny Mox match coming, but Mox can't win it, Kenny, but he also can't be made to look weak. Um Sammy. Sammy Callahan getting involved and feuding with Mox. Uh they're they're both kind of need programs now there's this they can do it why don't they do it there's a history it'll be absolutely brutal and like horrifically violent um i don't know whether it will happen at the beach thing or whether as jack said maybe there'll be an, a, a 1v1 match once again um between uh john moxley and kenny omega at, at revolution um but that's where i see it going i see uh, john moxley sammy callahan Spectre is haunting uh, the wrestling world at the moment, <laughs> waiting to waiting to waiting to strike. Uh, other matches we saw, we saw. I think I think Ethan Page has gone to WWE now, and the way the way they wrote him out. Did you you saw this match, Jack? The um, it was like a four minute cinematic match. Quote it was unquote. so random. It was hilarious, though. It was like um, an old school... Okay, so I'll try and describe this to Patrick, who hasn't seen it as best I can. Ethan Page faced his alter ego, the Karate Man, in like a an 80s kind of kung fu B-film or something, and it ended with the Karate Man tearing out Ethan Page's heart. So I think I think Ethan Page in, in the Impact Universe is now dead. <laughs> and this is facilitating, I think, I believe Ethan Page is signed for WWE, so I believe that's where he's going. I will 
I will give it to them. Impact right people off of TV in the most ridiculous ways. Like <laughs> Ethan Page having his heart torn out by his alter ego. Taya Valkyrie shooting someone at a wedding and going to jail. <laughs> like, I, um, I, I, I love it. Um, the, did you watch the X Division title match, Jack? The triple threat? I did, yeah, yeah. I watched, yeah, I watched the X Division title match, the Ethan Page cinematic match, the Sammy Callahan match in the main event. They were the four. And the, and the brief little Matt Cardona. Yeah. Yeah. You pop for that? Pop for pop for Cardona showing up? Um, Whatever, even as and when he pleases? I mean, yeah. I mean, I saw it, I think, on social, so I knew it was happening before I then watched it, um, which is why I specifically went to that bit to watch it. But no, nah, I like Matt Cardona. Um, I was a bit um, upset we didn't really get to see him too much in AEW, so... So yeah, yeah. Any well, even the, the announcers on Impact sold. They said he's not specifically here. He's not signed. He just shows up where he wants. You know, um, which so so there's every chance we'll see him back in AEW. He's not necessarily signed a contract for Impact. And even if he has signed a contract for Impact, you know, there's nothing stopping him showing up at AEW. Um, yeah, the X Division title match. It seemed like very your type of match when I was watching it. Um, I really rate Chris Bay. Um, if you remembered him, uh, so the storylines of this match was. Uh, Rohit Raju was the X Division champion and then he told TJP, you'll know TJP Patrick from uh, WWE fame, from Cruiserweight Classic fame, um, he told he said the challenge was open to anyone anyone can challenge for the X Division championship except TJP, so TJP put on the mask and the face paint as Manic, is he Manic? and um, yeah and then won the X Division title from him and like there's this whole thing where no one can technically prove it's TJP but it obviously is because he's got the tattoos and stuff and like Matt Stryker on commentary will be saying saying just keep calling him TJP and D'Lo Brown is like you can't say that you don't know <laughs> it's, it's quite funny um, but yeah Chris Bay I, I think is a future star he is one to watch good match for you Jack yeah yeah, as you said, it's a Raimi match. I, I enjoyed it. It was the first one I watched of Hard to Kill, and it was good for me. Good introduction. Uh, for yeah, him. yeah, it was, and I'd be looking forward to seeing more of them three. I enjoyed, I enjoyed them all. Last match from less important shows. I recommended to the group, based on Kurt Angle's recommendation, actually, that we watch uh, Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan from SmackDown, as Kurt Angle said it reminded him of his matches with Chris Benoit from back in the day. Did you watch it, Patrick? Also no, we'll, not yet. Didn't we'll leave time. Patrick out of, again. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, Patrick can be a week behind, and next week we'll uh, we'll, we'll come to him about his opinions on <laughs> right. Article and, and this match. Guys, did you so, see that? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Jack, what was your thoughts about the bit where Cesaro took off in a spaceship and uh, left planet up? No, I'm, I'm just acting like Patrick's missed out on something insane. No, um, good match, right? There's Again, this is more of a technical match, but... Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I've not watched um, any WWE for a while, so so yeah. But I I always enjoy both both of these guys' matches. And yeah, so I, underrated Cesaro. Cesaro is the most underrated guy in wrestling, I think. Under yeah. guy. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah, I just I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. I can see why you picked it out because yeah. on WWE there's not too many great matches. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And for for WWE, it wasn't bad. Patrick, I might be able to pull you into the discussion here. Um, I. I always think that Daniel Bryan, they must be treating him with kid gloves and really carefully because I never hear about him in big kind of positions anymore. Like, I mean, he had that run where he had like the eco-friendly title and the thing with Kofi Kingston. But other than that, 
I feel like you've got a guy like Daniel Bryan, who's probably one of the guys... I could probably count on two hands the amount of guys that are still active in wrestling who are who would go into a Hall of Fame I'd create tomorrow. Daniel Bryan's one of them. Um, you've got a guy like Daniel Bryan, like, use him, right? And and in this match, Cesaro hit a kind of modified superplex on him, so he can take. he's taking bumps. So they're not treating him... Why is he not... Why is he not... I mean, you probably watch a bit more WWE than I do. Why is he not in every fucking, you know, WrestleMania main event? <laughs> uh, I'm also not watching that much WWE anymore. Uh, like, really... Yeah, I'm just just mostly. I mean, maybe this is one of the reasons why. I mean, Patrick's really good for this. This this kind of thing is the reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That definitely. That's one of the reasons why. Also, they didn't. Also, with the eco-friendly world title, they made it nice. It was a nice idea, but like creatively, they they are like so far behind and didn't bring up anything good in the last I don't know how many years. Yeah, um, like and also Cesaro completely underutilized. Like this guy, he now turned forty. You don't see it at all. He is so good. He has been so good, like ever. And I'm just really, really mad at it because also the crowd always responded to him. They always wanted to see him. Cesaro section. People loved. Yeah, Cesaro section. People loved him together with uh, Sheamus. In the really like that, that was actually really good build up to this tag team. And uh, the bar was great. We don't set the bar. We are the bar. Right. What a great catchphrase, really. And Fantastic, you believe these they? guys. They are I never liked Seamus. And... I never liked Seamus. But, you know, because I always, I always saw him as this, like, company-made guy. You know, he was Triple H's protege. He was very sports entertainment style. Never liked him until the bar. Do you know what I mean? And then the bar came along. I was like, oh, this is legit. Like, I loved it. I mean, it probably helped that he had the Liverpool patch on his jacket as well. But, um... Yeah, no, everything Cesaro does is gold. I even liked him in the Real American stuff with uh, future Jake Hager, formerly Jack Swagger, um, because he wasn't American. It was brilliant. Um, Yeah, no, underutilized, like you say. And just want to touch on one thing you said there, the Daniel Bryan eco-friendly thing. Always made me laugh that Vince thought that was a heel gimmick. (laughs) I thought that Daniel Bryan was the heel because he wanted to save the environment. Like, that just shows you Vince's politics all over, right? Uh, Old white man, that's what you can say about it. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing in terms of less important shows. I did see that Bailey now has a new Oprah-style talk show, which is, the timing on that is quite convenient, wouldn't you say? With um, last week's and Dr. Britt. Because the funny thing is, they had a lot of accusations that Britt Baker stole Bailey's gimmick with the role model thing. Because Bailey, I think, called herself the role model like a few weeks before. But now Bailey's coming out a week after, um, or around the same time, but definitely after, because she had it on dark that whole time, doing pretty much the same thing as the waiting room, like a kind of Oprah chat style thing. And, and Bailey's one's called something terrible. It's called like Ding Dong or something. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, like someone ringing a doorbell, like Ding Dong or something like that, I believe. I mean, you guys went and watched this, but that's just me keeping you in the know. Anyway. Britt Baker lives in Bailey's head rent-free. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Bailey. I, I do love Bailey. I'm not sure about the whole Karen gimmick, but she is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Um, I would like to end with a quick game, if you guys are up for it. I mean, you take us like Sorry, uh, just just saw something. I was just on 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 Reddit just right. to Fuck me, check <laughs> this thing with Bailey. No, no, we we can go back now to yeah, uh, yeah, we can cut it. Okay, can build a bridge from WWE to AEW. 
Hangman Page will wrestle next week. Uh, Hollywood Hunk Ryan Nemeth, aka the brother of yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, Very Nick interesting. Nemeth. First time I see him then wrestle. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'd like to finish the show with a little game I've come up with called Sign or Decline. Are you guys excited? Wow, Tom, that's so. Just think it out wow, the top of your head. Where does this come from? <laughs> I'm super excited. Well, the, uh, let's see what comes out of it. Yay. <laughs> the the honestly this was uh the the working title for this before i thought of sign or decline was um was pass or sign dad ass so it was it was, it, it was a step up still not so, allowed to talk about okay <laughs> so imagine you are tony khan right i'm gonna read you out 10 names in order and after each one you have to tell me whether you would sign them or decline them right Here's the, here's the catch, though. You're only allowed to sign five of them, and you don't know which ones are coming up next. Are you intrigued? It's like the voice. Patrick looks very intrigued. Um, <laughs> you can, you <laughs> do can debate, debate amongst yourselves, obviously. I'm going to start you off with number one, Alistair Black. Sign. If he was signed. Oh, okay. Straight off. Number two, Cesaro. Sorry. Sign. <laughs> You're using two of your signs already. You don't know who's coming next. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Wait, are we working as a team? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, you can work separately then. Yeah. Okay. So you okay. wouldn't you wouldn't sign Alistair Black, Jack? Um, You're not too see, familiar with him, are you? I believe. Well, no, I'm, I'm trying to because I don't know what names are coming, and I've got to think for myself. Um, I do know the name Alistair Black, and I know I know him, but do I know him well enough? Not, not to being be too familiar with him might might not might work in your favour. Yeah. To be honest. So I'll, I'll decline Alistair Black, um, and I do know Cesaro, so I'll get him on board. So we've got two signs for Patrick and one for uh, one for Jack. Number three, Moose. Oh, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna decline. We've got to decline. We've already got this um, invasion thing, so we're already seeing him. So we'll probably cross over. So oh, don't you need can't to that's cheating. That's not cheating. Right that's now, using so. your like just instinct. Assuming you're not assuming there's not an invasion or after the invasion as well, because oh, number four is don't... Sammy Callahan. Oh, uh... decline. Decline. Yeah, I'll decline as well. Okay. Yeah. Number five. The roster to, to me personally. So these are a lot of these are based on like. Uh, so this one might seem a bit out of place, but a lot of these are based on like connections to AEW, and this one will be through a very tight friendship with Cody and the fact that he did use AEW to leverage his contract before. Number five, Randy Orton. Oh yes, I'd get him involved. You both saying sign. Yeah. Oh no, decline, decline from Patrick. Okay, so oh. Patrick he's, so me, far. For me he's he's over like everything is not not he is over in a way that he's super good. For me his gimmick and everything is out of date and I like I liked him, but I think it's his time is over. If he reinvents himself has he, or maybe has he ever had his at one point. Has he ever shown his full potential in WWE though? Because that guy, no, like, I don't think so. I don't think so. And plus so the that, name that's value. That's the point where I would say now decline. But if he would come to AW and would show something completely different, then I'll be completely up for it. But at the point now, it's decline because the two wrestlers where I said signed are, for me, right now better. So. Uh, Patrick so far has Alistair Black and Cesaro on his signing card. Jack has Cesaro and Randy Orton um, with five to go, so he's doing quite well. Uh, number six, Jay White. Oh, side, side, get him side. involved. Side, yeah, side. yeah, right. I mean, I'm really interested to see what he has to say about the uh, 
the 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 Bullet Club shirts being worn. Yeah. Right, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really if he shows up uh, at some point on AEW or it'd probably be AEW not Impact, I will fill my pants from both yeah. ends. I flip. I would flip. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'll be screaming and jumping around in the living room. That'd be that'd be insane. Number seven, Dragon Lee. I'll decline. Yeah. Decline. Um, this one's probably going to be an easy decline. Number eight, Roosh. I don't think Jack knows who he is, but um, no, former Ring of Honor champion. Yeah, I tried to slip Ring of Honor ones in there, but <laughs> we were all gonna, always going to decline them. Um, okay, well, I think that means I think you can both both. I think you've both earned the last three as the last two as free signings then, because you only um, signed three people each, I believe. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this means these these two automatic signings for you. You you get your award for holding on. Number nine, Jeff Cobb, coming to Ooh, AEW. Yeah. And number and number ten, yeah. Ricochet. Oh, we'll yes, please. Sign, yes, please. Sign, sign, sign. <laughs> Ricochet was the award at number ten. Why he signed 10. a new contract or why, why his contract? Did he sign a new contract? Right no, he There's didn't. So- I don't know if he signed a new one. It was said that it was running out, but some uh, no. Dave Meltz actually then said no. It's running until twenty twenty four or so. The it's, way that I don't you're know misusing him completely like and even i have to say even at nxt it wasn't used properly because it was pushed way too way too quick to the main event um we know that he's what he's capable of that he actually doesn't need nxt to be a great superstar for the main roster but he would be placed way better in nxt than on the current wwe product as adam cole says it is the main roster (laughs) yeah (laughs) right so that just about wraps up wenk episode three uh, it's been a ride so far, and that's not including our special episodes, our award show, which you can check out now. It's been a ride so far, right, guys? It's been very, fun. very nice. I know. Got a, got a little <laughs> handful of listeners. Know what's wrong with them, but we appreciate your patronage. <laughs> um, and we'll catch you right. next week. Whoever you are, wherever you, you hear us from, thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we appreciate you. <laughs> On that note, goodbye and good night. Bye bye.